The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. A new era begins for Chelsea Football Club, and it does not include club legend Frank Lampard. Sacked yesterday after about 19 months in charge, it follows a terrible run of results that dropped the Blues to ninth in the table, which is quite shocking for a club that sat first as recently as December. Now, reports indicate that Thomas Tuchel is the man to take over. He led PSG to their first ever Champions League final last season, but was fired by the French club less than one month ago. It's a tough business. Chelsea owner Roman Abramovich, not known for his patience with managers, also rarely comments on football matters, but did make this statement. Quote, this was a very difficult decision for the club, not least because I have an excellent personal relationship with Frank and I have the utmost respect for him. He is a man of great integrity and has the highest of work ethics. However, under current circumstances, we believe it is best to change managers. On behalf of everyone at the club, the board, and I personally would like to thank Frank for his work as head coach and wish him every success in the future. He is an important icon of this great club and his status here remains undiminished. He will always be warmly welcomed back at Stamford Bridge. Reaction to this monumental story in just moments. Club legend Frank Lampard had this to say on Instagram yesterday, quote, it has been a huge privilege and an honor to manage Chelsea, a club that has been a big part of my life for so long. Firstly, I would like to thank the fans for the incredible support that I've received over the last 18 months. I hope they know what that means to me. When I took on this role, I understood the challenges that lay ahead in a difficult time for the football club. I am proud of the achievements that we made. and I am proud of the academy players that have made their step into the first team and performed so well. They are the future of the club. I'm disappointed not to have had this time the season to take the club forward and bring it to the next level. I want to thank Mr. Abramovich, the board, players, my coaching team, and everyone at the club for their hard work and dedication, especially in these unprecedented and challenging times. I wish the team and the club every success for the future. Now, Chelsea club captain Cesar Espelicueta posted on Twitter, quote, I have shared many memories with you since 2012, first as a teammate, then as a manager, I've learned so much from you. I wish you all the best for the future. And U.S. international Christian Pulisic said on Instagram, quote, can't thank you enough for the trust you've put in me. We'll never forget these last 18 months. I wish you all the best. Danny Higginbotham, Tim Howard, Ahmed Freed. We welcome you in studio. Glad you're here with us today. So this was the bombshell news of the week. Uh, not totally unexpected. Heard some rumors of this over the last few weeks here, but... The fact that it actually happened, Frank Lampard is out at Chelsea. Are you surprised? Well, no, I'm not surprised because, as Frank talked about there, he was brought in during a difficult time. We talked about the transfer ban last season. I thought he was brought in. Uh, he set up to fail, really. Um, it was clever of Abramovich to bring in a club legend during the time of the transfer ban. It kind of glossed everything over. Having said that, he overachieved. He, he, he got them into the Champions League last year. FA Cup finalist. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a big deal for a young manager with a young squad. Abramovich has created player power at Chelsea, meaning he brings in the players, gives all the money to spend, buys the top players in the world, and when it doesn't work out, just brings in a new manager, and it just it becomes this this re recycled, revolving door where the players don't suffer, but the mm. manager does, and that's what happened with Frank. Yeah, if you're cynical, you think this is always the point <clears throat> to bring in Frank Lampard, a good PR move mm -hmm. for the team. If he does well, you can keep him. If he doesn't, you get rid of him after 18 months. Was it fair though? Um, only 18 months. No, I don't think so. But we're talking about Chelsea and we're talking about Abramovich. So am I surprised? No, I'm a disappointed. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we I, I believe we're going into a different era of football now where we're seeing longevity being rewarded. So we look at Chelsea. Yes, they won the Premier League. Last time they won the Premier League, I think it was 2016-17 season. Since then, they've been on the periphery, third, fourth and, and what have you. Frank Lampard did an incredible job last season, getting them into the top four, lost Hazard, who was their star player, the most goals and the most assists. He's gone out and spent close to $300 million. So the pressure's going to be on him, we know that. But at times, players take time to adjust Didier Drogba. His first two years at Chelsea, scored 22 goals. His third season, scored 20 goals. 
And the predicament that the world is finding itself in at the moment, you know, you've got all these new players that are coming over, they've got to adjust, are their families with them? Are their children with them? Life is completely different at the moment, and I just feel that, you know, this is a team that were, that were first December the 5th. You know, and if you look at the, the points, you, you compare it to Solskjaer, who's been given time at Manchester United. Frank Lampard has more points at this stage, this season, than Solskjaer had last season. So it's, it's a shame to see, and it's going to be tough. So do you think this could hurt Chelsea long-term? If, as you mentioned, mm. some clubs are being rewarded for their mm. patience. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at Manchester United. Could this hurt Chelsea? Well, I don't think it's going to hurt Chelsea. I agree with Danny. They, it, there needs to be longevity, but that's not how Abramovich works. And, and when, I look, when I look back at uh, some of these Instagram uh, messages and tweets to Lampard, they're hollow. Yeah. Frank Lampard asks his players to run, mm. to hustle, to sprint, to roll their sleeves up. It, mm. The messages are too late. It's too little too late. So a new manager is going to come in. He's, not, he's going to ask the same things, by the way, of these, of these same players. Work hard. Do your job. It's not, it's not about Instagram messages. So I felt a bit hollow from those players, and they have a, they're going to be in for a rude awakening. Didn't have a whole lot of experience going in, has had this experience mm. now. Uh, a little bit more for Frank Lampard. Perhaps we see him again once again in the Premier League. We will see, we think, all signs pointing to this being the man to take over at Chelsea. Thomas Tuchel, 47 years old, German manager, was over at Dortmund, actually replaced Jurgen Klopp there, was at PSG, took him to the Champions League final for the first time, was rewarded by being sacked. This really is a tough business, uh, Danny. So, so what do you think? Comes over, German manager, you got some very important German players on yes. the Chelsea team. You have some very important young players. Mm-hmm. You think he's the guy to get the most out of them? Well, I think what, when, when you look at Frank Lampard, what he did, people talk about Tomori, obviously, you know, he, he's not been playing and, and he's moved on. You look at Mount, they all had success when Frank Lampard was at Derby. Frank Lampard brought in Jody Morris. You know, he knew all of these players, so he knew the players that were going to be ready as well. You've got Reese James, who had, a, who had a great loan spell as well. Tuchel comes in and He'll know Havertz and he'll know Werner, obviously German himself. Managed Pulisic at Dortmund, mm-hmm. managed Thiago Silva at PSG as well. So there is familiarity there, but I just wonder whether he's going to look at it and think to himself, right, to get ourselves back, to take the pressure off myself, am I going to go with the experienced players? Because one of the things that we've seen, I'm going to allude to what Tim said, when you look at Instagram posts and everything, the leaders of that Chelsea team under Frank Lampard with the younger players at times, and you need your experienced players to step up, and he'll be asking that of them. What do you think of Tuchel, the hire, the potential? I think it's a really, I think it's a really good hire if, if he walks through the door. It, Danny said he's got some familiarity with players who are currently there. Mm-hmm. He also has a good rep- reputation of bringing young players mm-hmm. through and, and trusting young players because he's a systems coach. His, his tactical awareness is brilliant. He's won, he's won championships. He's, he's won leagues. And he's done that by not just being, hey, yeah, look at me. I have the tactic, and I'm expansive. He looks at the opponent. Now, traditionally, he likes to play him a 4-3-3, but he's willing, he's willing to make that flexible in terms of 4-1-4-1. He changes based on the holes that the defense, that the other team, the opposition, presents. And so he's very clever. He's, worked with, he's not afraid of these big players. He's worked with Mbappe and Neymar and, and the rest mm-hmm. of them. This is a good hire if he comes to the door. Ownership group seems to like him, interviewed him before mm-hmm. they hired mm-hmm. Sorry, Obviously kept him in mind here for this club. So what are the realistic expectations, you think, going forward for the rest of this year? Here they are ninth. Wasn't that long ago, like you mentioned, yeah. they were top of the table. So, what do you think? Rest of the year for Chelsea? Well, I think it has to be to get into that top four. I don't think they can they can win the Premier League now. Let's not forget they're still in the Champions League. They won their group, um, so it, top four will be will be a minimum. And we know the way that the season is. It, it's it, it's a crazy season. Games coming so thick and fast that that's what what will be asked of him, and he will be expected to make the top four without question. What do you think? Yeah, there's a the league's gone. Mm-hmm. I think that's clear and obvious. Mm-hmm. Get back into the Champions League. They spent money on really good players. It wasn't, it wasn't wasteful. So this team is set up to do good things in the future. Right now, they just need to solidify Champions League and then obviously progress through the, through the stages as it goes. So the future is still bright for Chelsea. The future, though, does not include their club legend in Frank Lampard. Thomas Tuchel will take over that club. We'll get to see them in action tomorrow. So that's a huge story in the Premier League. Also this, you may have seen this goal from Man City last week. It's a controversial one. It appeared that Rodri challenged Villa's Tyrone Mings after starting from an offside position. Now, the PGMOL, that's the body responsible for referees in English football, discussed the incident with both IFAB the game's lawmakers and UEFA. The guidance for interpreting such an incident now includes that officials, quote, should prioritize challenging an opponent for the ball and thus the offside offense of interfering with an opponent by impacting on the opponent's ability to play the ball should be penalized. So long story short, if this happens again in the future, it should be called 
offside. Danny, Ahmed, Tim, glad you're with us here today. 5-0, kind of an upset that it was only 5-0 after it was 4-0 after the first 45 minutes here. We'll get to Manchester City here in just a second, but for West Brom, get this, Tim, 22 goals conceded their last five home matches. We haven't seen that in England's top flight since 1935. With Big Sam, this was not supposed to happen. What's gone wrong? Well, it's strange because we, we didn't expect the goals to go flying with Big Sam. We expected clean sheets, hard to beat at the back, and then nicking goals on set pieces here and there. It, it almost looks like he's coming. I know he said some things in the press, and he mm-hmm. said these players are, you know, aren't good enough. We need, we need player movement. I don't even know if he's lost these players. They don't look committed. They don't look like they care. They're not, as you mentioned, they, not, they didn't lay a glove on Man City. There was very few fouls. There was very few yellow cards. This just looks like a team who's, who's just, like, waiting to be loaned out or players that are waiting to leave the club because Big Sam must have some tricks up his sleeve before the end of the transfer window. Because if he doesn't, this, is, this isn't very good. Mm. No, I, I agree completely. And I think one of the things is is that when you're a newly promoted team or when you're a team down near the bottom, fans do have a huge part to play in it in terms of the homes fans. But what you have to do, and I've, I've been in that situation many times before when the bigger teams are coming towards you, have the greater quality, you have to bring them down to your level. So then if you get beat by the bigger teams, by the Manchester Cities, by the Manchester United and, and the Chelsea's and so on, they've earned the right first. They have to outfight you, then their quality can come through. But Manchester City were able to do exactly what they wanted to do from the first minute. And yeah. that will be something that will be really worrying Allardyce and, and the fact of the goals they're conceding as well. City moved to the top of the table. Now, d- did we learn anything about City, though, here today? <laughs> well, we, we learned that with, uh, without De Bruyne, yeah. we thought Gundogan would be mm. good. He was great today. Yeah. I thought it was really smart on Pep's part to get Foden and get Gundogan off because if they are going to miss De Bruyne for an extended period of time, a couple of weeks or a month, then it's important that they have players that are fit. The way they look today, are they your title favourites right now? You finish above them, you win the league. It's as simple as that. They've got the defence, solid, and now they're starting to bring the goals along as well as having the clean sheet. So they're, they're the team to watch without doubt. Are they the favourite? I think they're the favourite now, yeah. They, they, they're just playing so incredibly well. The goals are getting spread around defensively. They're rock solid. I just don't know how you score against them. They're, they're exactly what Liverpool were last year, just completely rock solid defensively. So they have it all. West Brom have given up 48 goals this year. Man City, 13. <laughs> Total opposite ends yeah. of the spectrum. And it looked like it in this game here today. 5-0 was the final score. Uh, Ilkay, um, today Manchester City buried Colin Bell, one of the greatest ever players. How appropriate then that was a great performance from you wearing his famous number eight shirt? Yeah, um, I feel proud uh, towards, uh, towards number. And, uh, of course, I try, I t- I try to represent it as, uh, as good as possible. And, uh, yeah, I try my best on the pitch. I think this is the best way um, yeah, to give him the tribute. And, uh, yeah, um, if, it's, uh, if it's going so well as today, um, it makes me even more proud to wear this, uh, to wear this number. You're known for many good things. Perhaps not your goal scoring, but that's 7-8 in, in the Premier League now. Where does this come from? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, to be honest. Uh, there's not, not really a secret. Um, I just try... Um, to be in the right spaces in the right moment. Obviously, I played the last few weeks uh, a bit more offensive role. Um, so, yeah, if, if I get the chance uh, close to the opponent's box, I try to be there and um, try to take the right decisions and my teammates to help me. Um, so, yeah, I, I just try to do my best. Well on Joao Cancelo. Lovely ball for your first one. He's almost like a playmaker at fullback. Yeah, he has his ability. He plays... Uh, when we have the ball, um, yeah, a little, a little bit of a different role. Plays a bit more in the centre, um, gets a lot of touches. Um, yeah, and he has the quality to put in these balls. And um, I knew it, that's why I made the run. Uh, when I saw he's, he, has, he has a bit of time on the ball, uh, the ball was perfect. And uh, yeah, um, he's, he's doing well. Um, everyone is doing well, he especially the last few weeks. And uh, obviously, we need this rhythm, we need these uh, qualities um, to maintain our level. And then, um, yeah, uh, we're going we're we're to get even moments. Obviously, the story with City has been defensive solidity, I suppose, recently. But of late, it feels like the attack is starting to warm up. You're getting that consistency that your manager asked for. Yeah, I mean... F- as I said before, we all try our best, you know, it doesn't matter who's playing. Uh, obviously, we had a few players over the last few weeks in different conditions, um, struggling from COVID or um, struggling with injuries. So um, it feels like all the players, they, they get more and more ready um, to play. Um, 
obviously Kevin is a big miss for us for the next uh, for the next few games. Um, but we have uh, players who will, who will get uh, more game time over the next uh, couple of games, I think. Um, and uh, we need all. We need everyone. We need everyone to be involved uh, because everyone gives us a different quality, a different boost. And uh, yeah, we need to keep going. Pep, how would you rate that as a performance from your side this evening? Yeah, good, good result. Uh, in general, a good performance. Uh, yeah, three more points. We spoke to Ilkay Gundogan, who was very modest about his recent goal-scoring form. Where do you think that's come from? He has that sense. So before, sometimes play a holding midfielder or behind, but uh, when he plays close to the box, he has this sense to make uh, good runners to the box and, uh, and the quality with the ball always was there. When you're missing players like Sergio Aguero and Kevin De Bruyne, getting goals from maybe uh, less expected places, I imagine, is rather pleasing. If you play good and everybody's involved in attack and defence and everybody can arrive and everybody can do what... Uh, being in the position, what do you have to do? Everybody's able to, to score. What were your thoughts on the second goal that was given by VAR? Yeah. Um, West Brom didn't seem very happy it was given. Yeah, I can understand it. So now in VAR in these situations, you have to follow the actions until the end because you never know what's going to happen. Is the goal allowed or disallowed it? And nobody knows. So you have to continue. Always we speak with the players. So until the end of the action, uh, continue it because we don't know what happened. So the goals that you did score this evening were, were beautiful, all five of them. But you seem to particularly enjoy the fifth one. So you're making some rather pleased. Yeah, really well. Yeah, it was a good movement, good pass, good. Uh, yeah, it was. Now in general, with the goals, we control it except the first three or four minutes. Like they start to put a ball to the channel, to the you know, to the corner, and we was not able to win out. And you know, they are strong in these situations. But uh, yeah, in general, we we make a good performance. I say another clean sheet, another three points. You feel like you're getting the consistency that you asked from for your team? Yeah, of course. Always you create more chances and concede few. And the team has every game is so is there, uh, and uh, and it doesn't matter you know who plays. And uh, he has a good result. And now we we'll rest a little bit and prepare Sheffield. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed. Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. That game at Old Trafford, Tim Howard and Danny Higginbotham. Well, why couldn't Manchester United, Danny, do what pretty much every other club has done this mm. season and beat Sheffield United? What did it well, come down to? Well, what, what I've said before about Sheffield United, I, I know they're really struggling, obviously, at the bottom of the league. But the, the problem that they've had is that they've not been able to score goals. Defensively, OK, they've conceded a few goals as well, but their results haven't mirrored some of their performances. And today you're looking and you're thinking, right, they've gone to Old Trafford. Anybody that, that looks at the game afterwards must go, Sheffield United must have wrote the look. They didn't. They fully deserved to get the result. United didn't make the pitch. Manchester United didn't make the pitch as big as possible as they could have done. And you only have to look at Ramsdale, how many saves did they have to make? Mm, not enough, mm. I would have thought Ole Gunnar Solskjaer would say. That just wasn't the Manchester United we've seen of recent weeks, Tim. No, and... and... I, I thought I thought Sheffield United would have, would have been hard done by if, if mm -hmm. United got an equalizer. They played well today. Yeah. They were good value. McGoldrick up in the front was good. Fleck was good on the ball. United were just slow and pedestrian. They didn't get the ball side to side quick enough. They, they knew what was going to happen, right? Like they would have trained all week to say, Sheffield United is going to sit back. They're going to be tucked in. We need to play quickly. We need to get the ball out wide. We need to get crossed in the box. They didn't do any of that. So it was, it was just too slow. And, and, and I'm surprised that they came out like that. Yeah, that, that does make me wonder, because I think you make a good point there, did they just expect, mm. they've just played Liverpool a couple of times, what have you, did they just expect to go onto the pitch and everything just fall into mm. place for them? Because that doesn't happen in the Premier League. We know that the bottom of the league can beat the top of the league. Very quickly, does it change your opinion on whether Sheffield United can stay up at all with that performance? I, the, the, points, the points difference is huge. They have, a they have a glimmer of hope, there's no doubt about it, but it's going to have to be an mm. unbelievable turnaround, but they will have got great confidence from that result. Tim, can you win the title if you lose at home to Sheffield United? They still can. Yeah, you know, everyone got so excited about them being where they are now. You can't just, can't just drop them now that they've lost a yeah. game. It was a bad loss, but they can bounce back. OK, the match winner, his first Premier League goal. Let's hear from Ollie Burke. 
Super sub. You've just scored the goal that took down United. What a result that is for you. Yeah, uh, amazing result. Really uh, must win for us and, uh, yeah, tough for the boys to put in a great shift. This is a historical moment as well. The last win at Old Trafford for Sheffield United, 1973. Oh. We're, we're thinking this is probably the upset of the season so far and it's been a, a crazy season. Yeah, uh, well, long time ago. Um, but, yeah, uh, like I said, amazing feeling and... Um, it's amazing for me as well to get the goal and I'm, I'm buzzing for the boys and uh, hopefully we can take that into our next games. Well, that's it. It's not just three points, is it? This could transform the season in terms of belief and confidence. Definitely. Uh, I think that'll give us uh, massive confidence and, uh, yeah, let's, let's hope we can take it into our next games. Yeah, were you praying that one's going in? It was a thigh, a crossbar, he was bouncing yeah, I everywhere. Mean, um, finally, I mean, it took me two attempts, but, uh, no, amazing feeling when it hit the back of the net. And, of course, to do that... Having United back in the game with the equaliser, that shows a lot of character for a side that's down, you know, rated the worst in Premier League history after 19 games, apparently. Yeah, I'm, tough one to, yeah, to listen to that, but uh, obviously, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, um, hopefully we take that into our next games and, yeah, uh, show great courage and uh, great determination to, to get back in the game and to get the three points is uh, brilliant. Chris gets you well organised, doesn't he? You could see a pink wall there this evening. Yeah, I think uh, that's what we show. We show great character and, uh, um, you know, we never stop every single ball we fight for and we give 100% in every game we play. And uh, this season we've been close in every game we've played. It's just not really got, gone our way, unfortunately. Uh, and we show great signs of uh, great play in the game today. And every game we've played, we've showed great football. We just... Uh, haven't taken away the three points, but hopefully now we can go on a bit of a run and hopefully it gives us a big boost. Yeah, what a wonderful reward. It's only Manchester City next now. Yeah, uh, another tough one, but yeah, uh, that'll give us uh, great belief now. Congratulations, welcome. Thank you, thank you very much. Chris, that's not just another three points, is it? That's a tremendous performance and a tremendous moment in your season. Yeah, um, there's not been many days. Uh, so I've just said to the players, they're jumping about in there, which I think they have every right to, because it's been a tough old season so far. Um, but they're enjoying the win. And obviously, to bring everybody back down to earth tomorrow, um, we go again over the other side of town. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's obviously a great result. And I'm just delighted for the players, because obviously they've had to go through a nail of a lot this season. And I know you want to keep a little bit of a lid on it because people get carried away, but the last win at Old Trafford by Sheffield United was in 1973. Tony Curry, one of the scorers. So this, this is a He's a player, isn't he? He was good. Yeah, my old So you've pals, done what he did. Yeah, my old pals, uh, Badger, Emsley and, T, and TC, um, that uh, have been at the football club for a long while and I know um, followers... Um, with everything they've got. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously it's a long time and uh, it's, a special, it's a special result for us and it had to, had to be a, a special performance and I thought it was as well. And when you look at the season's results and you see those lines of red L's and you, you just kept the spirit, you kept going and you've got the reward tonight. Yeah, I mean, we talked about big moments which we took today, uh, tonight. Um, a touch of luck, obviously, with, a, I think, be really... Um, Really uh, unfair on possibly Ollie Burke uh, to say it was a, a, a not his goal, but uh, thought it was a good good bit of play. Um, great reaction, obviously, to uh, to an equaliser to come back and stick his noses in front again. And um, uh, now we've got a few supporters that uh, that that, uh, that work for you. So Rio, um, I hope he's got a big smile on his face as well because uh, he's, he's a massive supporter of me me and the team. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a great moment for us. And we've got to name a few individuals, inspired from Key and Bryan. First, first Premier League goal, what a, what a time to do it. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, obviously, he's not, not played a lot of football. Um, obviously, from the, the other side of town, he was, he was a young player, so he's had a, a disappointing Sheffield United career in terms of stop-start injuries. Um, and uh, he, gave us, he gave us 50, 55 minutes, but he had a, a bit of an issue, as you've, as you've seen in terms of our selection and, and, and team sheet as well, regarding the, the players that we've had out injured. And I've got to mention Phil Jagielka. How loud is he, by the way? Can, yeah, he's over there. He's 38 he's like, years old. He hasn't do, lost his voice, has I think he? he? I think he's doing about four interviews. <laughs> um, yeah, as we talked about, you know, he's, the team has not got a lot of Premier League experience apart from last year, but he, he held everything together. Um, 
he's going to get a, a, a rocket for, for letting Harry Maguire score because uh, it was his man. Uh, but he held everything together, and I thought it was important that we got the experienced boys in the team tonight. Uh, and the skip, McGoldrick, and uh, and Jagielka were, were, were great examples for us. There's a lot of backbone in that side. Is it a vindication of, of what you've been doing this season now at last? You have to block out the, the, the noise um, and the opinions and, and just get on with your job and get on with your work. So we've got a, we've got a group that, that always turns up, in my opinion. Um, and has, you know, had a, had a tough run at it. Uh, not really took any big moments to, to gain us the points. I think we should be on more points, but it is what it is. And we have to we have to build on that, and uh, and hopefully we can we we can do it. As we'll have a, a long way to go, and I'm not saying I'm I'm sat here and a, and a, and, a, and a, an incredible great escapes on, but you know I want to show us show everybody and, and show what my team's about, the identity of the team that we talked about before the game, and uh, I think we've shown that more often than not this season, uh, but not got the result, and obviously shown it tonight, and uh, and managed to, managed to nick a win. Well done, Chris. Cheers, thanks. Cheers. Well, you knew it was going to be a difficult game, we said so before the match, but that yeah. must be a real blow. What was missing tonight? Well, we uh, we had all the possession. Of course, when you concede two bad goals, uh, that's, it's always going to be difficult. When we, we didn't create enough, we put pressure on them, and uh, but we couldn't penetrate enough in behind them, create big enough chances to, uh, to score uh, enough goals. I'm just talking to Harry Maguire, we're lacking a bit of inspiration throughout the game. Inspiration. That, a little bit that, of magic. That maybe. magic, yeah, that, that was missing. That little bit extra, of course, there was not a lot of space to, uh, to run into. Uh, they defended well uh, and uh, uh, fair play to them to take nothing away from their performance. But we had, didn't have uh, the right ideas on the, or the solutions they, uh, they um, weren't there. That first goal, let me foul. Foul. Yeah. He got caught in the bodies. I mean, you would no, expect foul. that. Billy Sharp just runs into him behind him, so he can't get up, so it's a foul. Okay. But, and then at the other end? No foul. No foul. So, it is, but is this kind of season, inconsistent season anyway? It's going to be unpredictable, but that's, that's two mistakes by the referee. We thought when Harry Maguire scored that then you would push on and close out the game as you have done. A number of occasions this season, it just didn't. Yeah, it wasn't to be. But and the, the second goal we concede is just so poor, so sloppy. Uh, lose the ball, easy. Uh, get back into a position, but then we just stop uh, getting out to the ball. Absolutely, uh, three or four decisions there, and uh, that were completely out of character. And that's maybe uh, maybe down to the season it is as well. And big, big inquest, perhaps, and then move on to Arsenal. No, no big in inquest. Of course, we're disappointed, but it's <laughs> we've seen so many results this season and uh, uh, being out of out of character. And today, yeah, surprised. And uh, but with with the, the world as it is, um, we've been waiting for, or we've been very consistent, and we've been been the most consistent team the last few months. And it just hits us today, and then dust of uh, the. The sad feeling and go again. Thank you, Ollie. Cheers. And they go again against Arsenal this coming weekend. It's coming Saturday, 12.30 Eastern on NBC. Now, you can't always have brilliant games, mm. but my goodness, Bruno Fernandes, since arriving at Manchester United, was pretty much doing it week in, week out. However, the last month or so, mm. he's gone off the boil. Do you think that is part of the reason why United today didn't look themselves? He just wasn't in the game, was he? Set, he set the standard so high. Yeah. For, you know, no, no goal involvement in four games, not that big of a deal, except mm. when, when you've been amongst 18 and 19 games. And he, he's at his best when he's going sideline to sideline, hunting the ball, getting it off the backs, playing side. He just hasn't hasn't really been his endeavors fine it just hasn't come off for him is that a case of i mean has he played too much should he give him a little bit of a rest he says he does not a player that wants a rest mm. no I, I i don't think it's a case of him having a rest i just think that like tim just said he set his standards so high that you know when he does have an off few games it, it it's there for everybody to and see and is it affecting the rest of the team do you think it, it it does affect the rest of the team because he's the main man but what i what i would say is that in recent weeks, when Fernandez has been a little bit quieter, Pogba stepped up. Today's the first time they've both been on the pitch at the same time and both not been at a high standard, whether it be one of them or whether it be another, uh, uh, the other one. And that's an issue with them because you've got Pogba that dictates from deep and you've got Fernandez that, that dictates from, from higher up the pitch. But when they're both not going, 
It's very difficult then because your likes of Marshall, your likes of Rashford, your likes of Greenwood, they rely on one of those two to create opportunities for them. It's really interesting. The two teams at the top of the league, Manchester City haven't really got a strike at the moment. They can't decide. I mean, Aguero can't play at the moment and, and Jesus isn't always starting. And Manchester United front three today of Greenwood, Martial and Rashford. Are they good enough to win the league, that front three? No. No, but I'd like to, I'd like to see Cavani play as a nine. I don't know if he has the legs at, at 34 to play every game to the end of the season. Greenwood, really good last season. This season just hasn't hasn't really been at it. And Rashford is better, I think, at times when he's deployed on the left-hand mm. side and Cavani's coming deep. So I, th I think one of the biggest problems you have when you look at Manchester United's front four, when they're at their best of interchanging, all popping up in different positions, but all central. But today we didn't get enough from United's fullbacks, And I think that's a, that, that's a key issue with it because then you've got your, your dangerous plays. They're playing wider than what they should really be doing. Now, before we continue, I'm afraid we've got some truly horrible news that came out this morning. Following their loss at home to Sheffield United yesterday, Manchester United players Axel Twanzebe and Anthony Martial were subjected to racial abuse on social media. In responding to the abuse, Manchester United said in a statement today, quote, everyone at Manchester United is disgusted by the racial abuse received by players. We utterly condemn it. They went on to say, identifying these anonymous mindless idiots remains problematic. We urge social media platforms and regulatory authorities to strengthen measures to prevent this kind of behaviour. And Harry Maguire, the Manchester United captain, also took to Twitter and he wrote, United against racism. We will not tolerate it. Mm. The blip is over. For Liverpool, Robbie L. You read all those games back and when they're coming and what it might mean. Today was huge for Liverpool Football Club. It was gutsy. It was spirited. It was resilient. They don't win today. I don't think you've, that you can talk about titles. It, it was kind of that important. And let's remember, Van Dijk and Gomez were out with injuries. Fabinho, muscle injury, not able to play. Matip has to go off at half-time and they still find a way. Mane gets a goal. Firmino gets a goal. Salah gets a goal that's disallowed, which will make him feel better at least. Trent Alexander gets a goal. Most things you could want from that, Liverpool got against a Spurs team that we thought was going to be a real challenge. But you did sense that Liverpool were going to come good, Tim. Why were you so confident before the game? Well, they're a resilient bunch. You know, they're a proper champion. And they allow the football to do the talking. Everyone writes them off. And the manager comes out, speaks for the club. But everybody else just gets their training in. They don't say a whole lot. And when they get on the pitch, they have a brilliant way of playing football. And their counter-press is second to none. They showed that today. And with the injuries, Robbie, that you talked about, the players who come into the team know exactly what the game plan is. It was really interesting before the game. You said something just before kickoff. You said that you'd heard Jurgen Klopp yesterday yeah. and that you felt that the fire yeah. was back in his belly. And actually, yeah. his pre-match interview today was the old Jurgen Klopp, Correct. the happy, the friendly, yeah. the not yeah. aloof Jurgen Klopp. And mm. it's interesting that the way the team played was much like the Liverpool of four or five weeks ago. I think he's probably just... I don't even thought. I'd look at himself and said, over the last few weeks, he's probably not been himself. He's been quite negative for him, quite down and, and looking to, to pick little arguments. I thought he felt, I'm going to lead from the front. I'm going to be the, the main guy and my team are going to follow me. A record he's got the back of it that, that stands out in terms of where he is at this football club and the resilience Tim talked to, never lost back-to-back -back games since mm -hmm. he's been in charge. I mean, that's a remarkable feat for a man like him. You have to go back to 2015 Brendan Rodgers' days for Liverpool to do that. They just lost the unbeaten run to Burnley. That was, that was huge today for him. Let me say this about Jurgen Klopp. He has so much presence over that team, OK? When, when they're winning games and he's in front of the cop and it's full and he's cheering and he's slapping the players and kissing them and hugging them, they feed off of that. So I can only think the way he's been acting re recently, they feed off of that too. Mm. They see his negative energy. They see the way he's been acting. He has such a presence. So when he gets back to who he is, mm. I think the players react in a really positive way. It's interesting because the first half as well, which we'll see later, he was so angry mm -hmm. on the side and then they got the goal and then he was a different man yeah. in the second half. Despite these defensive issues that Liverpool have, we'll get to Spurs in just a tick, <laughs> can you envisage them lifting the Premier League trophy despite them? <laughs> By winning today, it gives them a real good chance. Because, again, I, I talk about the resiliency. Mm. Everybody knows how they're going to play. Everybody within that Liverpool team knows. And that's going to see that every time we doubt this Liverpool team, they come good. Yeah. So to, for, for us to say, well, I don't think they can win a title this year, I think it'd be silly.
Okay, we talked about the Liverpool defensive problems, but my goodness, Tottenham yeah. had a poor, poor day at the back. Robbie Earl, talk us through. Yeah, and, and listen, Jose was doing the, you know, playing with the back four in the warm-up and then going with the back three and thinking he's clever. And actually, it worked against him. His team didn't defend Rebecca. Ore doesn't do a, a good job on Mane. Dyer should do better. Here's the ball comes across between him and the goalkeeper. Bobby Firmino gets the goal. And, and this is real poor, basic defending from a team that... If you've got any kind of title ambitions, you've got to do so much better. I mean, you can see what the manager thinks about it. The second goal comes about, Tim, and I'll let you talk about this, because to me, this is a big goalkeeping error where he pushes the ball out. Yeah, look, it handcuffs Lloris. He's a world-class goalkeeper, World Cup winner. He knows, he knows better than to put that ball back into the get field of play. He needs to go out for a corner, and he doesn't do it, and it pays the price. And then this is the third goal here. Yeah, Roden should deal with this. This is... Similar to Dyer, but not 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 exactly the same. There's more space between Roden and the goalkeeper. He knows it as well. It's a tough ball on a slick surface. It just needs to go out for a corner. It doesn't in money punishes him. Tim, how big was the gap between these two teams today? The gap in quality. How big was that? It was it was massive only because Liverpool pressed when they turn up the pressure mm. in the second half, it doesn't allow Tottenham to set. Tottenham are very, very good when they can set and keep the mm. ball in front. When they don't, you see those defensive mistakes because they get pulled from sideline to sideline and there's massive gaps. A Liverpool defence with four probably the best centre-backs missing was better than a Spurs defence. Mm-hmm. It's their first choice. That's the difference right there, Rebecca. OK, let's go back to North London and get some post-match reaction. Here's Liverpool's James Milner. James, after a difficult run, how good does that win feel? Yeah, very good. I think it's always... Always nice coming to a place like this and winning against such a good team. They're a very good side and we had to dig in. You know, plenty of setback for, setbacks for us. Um, you know, right before the game, even losing Fabi and obviously we prepare for the game and have to change everything. Um, obviously losing Joel at half-time and having to uh, shift again, thinking we'd got the goal and, and obviously not. So, you know, I, I can't say enough about the boys' attitude, especially, like you say, in the run we've had and confidence not where it maybe could be. I thought the, the performance was outstanding. I thought the attitude was fantastic and, and we deserved it. Were you worried at all during the blip? Well, you know, it's, it's one performance, it's one win. So, you know, we've had a bad run of results and one performance doesn't change everything. Hopefully it's the starting point and we can keep getting better and better. But that felt a lot closer to where we want to be. The effort was there, the boys were outstanding. You know, that last step, fighting for every ball for each other. Um, you know, and the quality there as well. We scored some, some very good goals. And um, like I say, it was, it's pleasing to get that, that win. And forcing mistakes and really punishing mistakes. I mean, that, that's so key at this level, isn't it? Yeah, like I say, I think winning the ball back higher, which we've done the last couple of games, I think that helped, um, you know, getting that press right. And then, you know, it's it's easier to attack against teams who are open trying to play out rather than having 10 men behind the ball as well. So it's our own fault for not being good enough um, against the ball. But the boys up front were clinical, some great runs. Pleased for Bobby getting in there in that six-yard box because, you know, we seem to score a lot of worldly goals and not enough tappings. Um, you know, they all count the same. So um, that, that's good. That's what I've been working on and it, it's pleased. When, when you've been working on things and it, it comes off. It was a landmark night for you as well, only the fifth player to reach 550 Premier League appearances. Did you know that? How proud are you to keep setting these records? Um, yeah, someone told me before the game. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's nice, obviously. Um, you know, boring answer, but the most important thing was the win tonight. Obviously, any 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 win would do, but it was pleasing to get performance as well. But, you know, obviously, it's nice to hit those marks and, um, you know, I feel pretty good and feel like I can get up out the pitch pretty well still, so hopefully there's a few more in me yet. Good man. And, and next game, West Ham, that's a tricky one. Back in London, isn't it? They're flying. Yeah, they're doing very well. They're a good team. The manager's coming and done a great job. Players are full of confidence and, and you know, feel like they can beat anyone. So we're going to need another performance like tonight to, to get any points off them. But, you know, we need to recover now and go again. The games are coming thick and fast. And obviously, um, the pressure on the squad with the injuries, we have to deal with that and, and, and stick together. But, you know, if we can keep performing like that, then um, hopefully we can keep getting results. Good stuff. Let's take you back to our commentary team lead, Dixon, alongside Arlo White. I was going to use the words, the phrase turning point. He used there, James Milner, the phrase starting point. Today has to be Mm. either or both, doesn't it, chaps? 
I think so, Rebecca. I think it's fair to say that Liverpool's season, in terms of a title challenge, was teetering on the brink. If they had been seven points behind Manchester City, having played a game more, that is a huge mountain to climb against a team in that form. We talk about the lack of confidence, and James Milner mentioned it in the, in the interview there, Lee. How impressed, therefore, were you, particularly as they, as they missed chances as well, mm. with that all-round Liverpool performance. Yeah, I think he was a really good performance against... You know, it could have been a, a, one of those games that slipped away from him if Tottenham had got on top and then pressed their advantage home. But Liverpool looked secure in possession tonight. And I think they they put Tottenham under a lot of pressure. I think the strikers started to make the runs, etc. Jordan Henderson at the back was solid. We knew, we knew he'd go in and do a, a good job. And I think it's a big performance. I think Jurgen Klopp was... Um, staying away from the fact of, of talking about the season as if to say, oh, we've now turned a core or turning point, as you're, as you're pointing out. It's no good if you get beat against West Ham at the weekend on Sunday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So whether it's a starting point or turning point, it doesn't matter. It's one game at a time. As champions, that's what you do. You churn out the results. You get the performances. You work on your weaknesses. They've obviously done some work on training. They'll do that with the forwards, trying to get them back into the game. They've got them back into the game tonight, two of them scoring. Um, and I think the performance tonight was exactly what Jurgen Klopp would have expected mm. from the champions of England, because that's what they are just because they've won a few, dropped a few points here and there, and they've had a lot of injuries in key positions, which has unbalanced the team, look very balanced tonight. Defensively for Tottenham, is that a concern going yeah, forward? Yeah, te- that's terrible tonight. What, what, what they did at the back tonight, I've always said Aurier is a, a, a liability as a full-back. Going forward with the ball, he's had a good season so far that way. Three mistakes give chances to Mane tonight, three chances. Went off at half-time, might have had an injury, but there was performances. Rodon played well, but gave a big, a bad goal away. So I think defensively, the, the, he'll be really disappointed, Mourinho, tonight with that performance. Yeah, well, thank you, Lee. On the flip side for, for Liverpool, defensively, Trent Alexander-Arnold returned to form and he scored a goal his first since July. Let's hear from him now. Trent, did you need that? It's been a rocky road lately, but it was an emphatic, positive performance and result. Yeah, definitely. It's what we needed. Um, it's what we deserved as well. I think uh, we dominated most of the game. Obviously, they had the early goal disallowed. Uh, probably would have changed the, the way that the game went on, but we've uh, come here with the game plan. We've executed it perfectly. Um, a little bit tough when they scored, but at the end of the day, I think we deserved the three points and, yeah, we go away with them. Definitely. A big turning point just before half-time. That lifted everybody, changes the team talk. Yeah, of course. Um, it, it goals, it goals, it goals in games like this really change the, the way that um, the opposition play. They've had to come out a bit more second half. We've, we found the space in the first half, really, as well, but more so in the second half. Um, we've had our chances and we've, we've put a few away. Yeah, and you came out firing at the start of the second half, despite the, you know, Joel Matip coming out as well. Helped yourself to a goal, of course. It doesn't always always feels good. Yeah, um, yeah, we've had setback after setback, especially um, in the centre back area. But um, he's done an amazing job first half, and then that's come on second half and done an unbelievable job again. Um, just goes to show that the, 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 the quality that we've got all around the pitch. Um, yeah, it's always good to, to get a goal and help help with the win. So what's changed? I mean, you, you've been struggling for the last couple of weeks. It's all clicked today. What's happened? Uh, nothing's really changed. I think. We're the same team as, as we always have been. We have the same mentality going into games. We respect the opposition. Um, and really, we're going into games and we, we we have that expectation on ourselves that we should be winning them. Um, that happened today. We were really up for the game. Um, everyone was at it. No one really put too much of a foot wrong. And it was just a, a whole performance from the, from the lads. Unbelievable game. Um, and it's always, it's always good to get the three points as well. Yeah, we saw the characteristics of forcing mistakes and punishing those mistakes yeah. as well. Yeah, for sure. That's probably what we've lacked the last four or five games is putting putting the chances away and punishing opposition when they've given us them chances so it's good to be able to, to get back to our best and um, hopefully it's um it's the start of the second half of the season for us that we can we can really work on it's a good foundation that we can hopefully build on Jose, what was your analysis of, of the game my analysis of the game is that we started very well um, but before we score the offside goal, uh, we showed immediately what the game was going to be for us. A big defensive mistake and a big occasion, I think, for Mane. And that was the game for us. The team in the first half 
was very well organized. Uh, the goal is another mistake in the same position. Um, then in the second half, the second half, of course, we have to make changes. Um, we lost Harry, of course. We had to change the structure of the team. And uh, first minute, first mistake, second goal. Good reaction, another mistake, and 3-1. So I think the story of the game was a team fighting against its own mistakes. Mm. And we made too many individual mistakes defensively. But that's not something that's been happening a lot this season, I certainly know. not recently, Jose. So why tonight, just one of those nights? Some individual mistakes that you you saw and you can replay and replay. And I cannot say much more than much more than that. Tottenham fans will obviously want to know the news on. I mean, I don't know what you know about Harry Kane's injury. What, what, what's the latest? Uh, two ankles. Uh, the first, uh, the first was uh, was a bad tackle. Uh, I think it was Thiago. Then the second one, I didn't know well. But two two injuries in both ankles. Uh, the second one worse than the first one. And um, a few weeks. Uh, how many? I don't know. How much of a blow is that, Jose? I know that's a, an obvious question for Tottenham to lose. Ah, that's to lose obvious. Harry. There are some players that uh, you can't replace, and uh, almost every team has this kind of players. And when it happens, it happens. But uh, I believe that uh, we have to fight against it. Um, and that's it. We cannot do anything else. Jürgen, how important is that win after a tough month? I mean, you must be delighted with that performance. Yes, I am. I am. <laughs> it was a great game, super intense, how I said, or, or estimate before the game that it will be. Um, we scored the goals in the right moment, scored wonderful goals. The right people scored the goals, if you want. And um, so, all good apart from, obviously, Germatip had to go off. We'll come back to Joe, of course. But do you feel like that's a real return to form? We could see you chasing, hunting what I, down. What I, what, I, yeah, what I saw today was it's not about shape or form, actually. It's like um, who we are. So and that's us. Today's second half, especially that was us, was a massive fight, um, and and football, obviously on top of that. I don't know the numbers, but I think that apart from a few minutes in the first half, uh, I, I don't remember that a lot of the ball, but um, it was always pretty quick and counter-attacking and we defended that really well um, but it was just um, uh, a good performance and uh, saw a lot of things I wanted to see, yes Goal right on half-time, I mean you must have felt it was coming because you, you had taken control as the first half went on you cannot, you cannot really um, be sure that uh, something like this will happen in the second half again because um, they they changed. I think they, they they made two changes, so you never know exactly uh, the way offensively the way we played. I I, I really thought um, we, we we coped really well with uh, with their formation, played around, played in played in between, so we were so often in and around the box, um, which is really important. Counter press was really good. Um, both half times the last line defended really well, high enough, but not crazy high. And yeah, no, it was not. Didn't see it coming, but I was not negative about the second half. That's true. And you've mentioned Joel Matip's injury at half time. I mean, it's just another problem to deal with. And of course, the question will be asked again. Do you go into the market? Do you bring in a centre half on loan, or do you just keep going on? If you if you have a centre half available who is um, with a reasonable price and the quality we need, yeah, then you can send me a message and I will go for it. So it's not about that. It's about the right, doing the right stuff. We cannot just bring a buddy in. That doesn't help. Uh, buddies we have, and we have good we have good kids. Nate did exceptionally well. And Reece did so well when he when he played and all these kind of things. Handle is obviously there. So yeah, the situation is. Unbelievable, strange, but it's our situation. We have to deal with it. We will see what we do, but it's not. This tonight didn't help for sure, not because it's. It's not a. a, a it looks like something serious, to be honest with you. So. But still, a big three points. Congratulations. Yeah, exactly. For Thank tonight, you, we can. Thank you. An ankle injury for Joel Matip looks serious, said Jurgen Klopp.
there are plenty of very good centre-halves available because, Tim, every player is available at the right price. Yeah. And Klopp talks there about it being at a reasonable price. Mm. But when you're the champions of the world and you're previous European champions and Premier League champions, you have the money, do you not, to buy a really good centre-half that can then set you up to mm. hold on to that title. Should they do it? I think they should do it. It's, it's going to be a matter of, of how much they want to retain this title because they won't, I think, a makeshift back four makeshift center halves. They can get away with it. I think they can get away with Henderson most of the games. Mm -hmm. But when it comes down to playing Manchester City and Manchester United and the really fine margins, it won't be every game because that, that team can win games. Mm -hmm. But when it comes down to the fine margins of those one or two games... Which is where the title will be which won Which is where lost. the title will be won or lost. They will lose it based on their defensive frailties. So it seems to me quite mm -hmm. obvious to spend the 60, 70, yes. 80 million dollars. Of, of course, it's a lot mm -hmm. of money and we're in a pandemic and it doesn't always look yeah. good. But this is the game get one that's going to grow into a player to be with Van Dijk. Matty Rebecca, as soon as he comes off, we know he's got frailties. We know he's, he's injury-prone. He doesn't play a lot of football. Who and... could they get? <sighs> Who can they get? Could they get Tarkovsky at Burnley? They could, whether they think his age might slightly work out. I would think they're looking for 20 to 24 Young European, the Fafana type. I mean, they'll Joe have someone Roden. on a list, won't they? they? Yeah. My, my point of this is, there should be a list, Rebecca. Yeah. Mm. There should be a list. And we, should, we shouldn't be scrambling around on the last day. And now it should be a case, right, we pull the trigger on, on our, our targets and we go and bring one in. Oh, but let me say this to you. They're between a rock and a hard place. Jordan Henderson's had some muscle injuries. Mm. So what happens if he gets a niggle and he's missed three days or a week? Mm. Then who's playing centre-half and, and, and who's the partnership? Mm -hmm. It's a big issue. They need, they need to replace the injuries they've had with another centre-half. Yeah, that's a good point. They haven't got long and they've got until Monday at 6pm Eastern. I want to talk about Tottenham with you, Robbio. What mm. does the season hold for them now, do you think? Cup competitions, mm. Europa League. League Cup already there. FA Cup, Jose always takes domestic cups seriously. Europa League is another entry into, into Champions League football. Uh, where he can mix his group up. Kane, and we talk, if we are talking weeks, is a huge miss, the one player they can ill afford to lose. It, it might be sort of a change of direction now, but that, in, in some respects, Jose might feel like, you know, that title stuff, we can forget about that mm -hmm. now. We can concentrate on the things we've got a chance of winning. Agree? Yeah, it, it's cup competitions and trying to get themselves back into the Champions League next mm -hmm. year and try, try and get top four. You know, Jose was very honest there and talked about the mistakes. His teams are not set up to make mistakes. No. By, by the way, today, if they defend like that, they're winning no cup mm -hmm. competitions. Jose Mourinho is the master of controlling the game without the ball. Mm -hmm. But Liverpool today have 14 shots, Rebecca. That's tells you that they're not really controlling how Liverpool are playing because Liverpool look like dangerous on a number of occasions. Mm -hmm. That does it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings, weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. Bye for now. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.